Transition Awareness Breathing. Feeling grounded for both children and parents is essential for healthy living and learning. Join Eartha Powell on this series for tips and tools for creating a harmonious environment for learning. Transition Awareness Breathing will help you and your child find an individualized path to tackle change, promote lifelong learning, and discover new approaches to calmness. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast. The last time we were together, I shared the 10th Annual World Happiness Report with you. That report indicated that out of 146 countries, the United States was ranked 16 as being one of these um, happiest places in the world. It ranked 16th this year, which was a three-point increase from the previous years. So last year, the United States ranked 19th on the World Happiness Report. So according to this uh, World Happiness Report, it appears as I review what we discussed a little bit last time, it appears that the Nordic countries tend to have the uh, top ranking as far as demonstrating um, a happy uh, place to live. They have uh, structures in their organizational systems, and um, uh, it tends to show that people had high levels of trust both in their um, work life and in the overall uh, government institutional trust. And um, that was one of the factors that was brought out in the report that um, contributed to the higher ranking in the World Happiness Report compared to all the other countries. But last time uh, I mentioned that, you know, the increase from 19th to 16th uh, for the United States is is heading in the right direction. Let's not be satisfied because the United States is not even in the top 10. So there's room for improvement. And as a mindfulness program, this transition awareness breathing is a mindfulness program. If we look at ourselves as uh, contributing members in our own world, that we can contribute to improving the happiness score in our part of the world, I believe, I propose that it will make a huge impact in the overall score. Now, I know that sounds kind of broad and it's probably unrealistic. Okay, let's just get the negative words out. Because as a nursing professional, I think it's important to do an assessment and to benchmark. And whatever our goals are, and whatever our dreams are, it's nice to be able to have something to compare instead of a vague uh, entity. So 
Let's look at what the Nordic countries are doing to have such a a high, not just a high score, but what are they doing that contribute to, that contributes to happiness in their environment? And you know, I'm sure there'll be some comments. Well, you know, if you like that country, why don't you just move there? <laughs> um, Every place is room for improvement. And as I reviewed the report, even, and I think this is very important, even in those countries, they are trying to improve. So it's a process. It is a system that we can certainly um, develop within our own country to better ourselves. And so today, I would like to share with you a few of the elements that, um, according to the research, contributes to a quality of life that has influence to a perception of happiness. And it's more than a perception of happiness. It's, um, according to this report, you know, people are truly uh, happy. And we'll talk about what the happy means. But before I go any farther... I would like to thank Web Talk Radio for allowing me to have a platform to bring Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast to you. And to Mary Lou and Sam, thank you for making Transition Awareness Breathing Podcast available to my listeners everywhere they go. Okay, so let's get started. I will share all of my resources with you in the description, so please um, look at those descriptions, if you don't mind, and draw your conclusions. Okay, uh, so when we talk about the quality of life, what does that mean to you? If someone uh, says, you know, so how is your quality of life? Where would you start? How would you describe it? Um that is, I think, is a very important uh, place to start. There's, in this report, may I share that the quality of life um, that this report was um, measuring was based on gross domestic product, social support, um, an individual's gauge of freedom, of how they felt as far as freedom to make life choices uh, and generosity. Those are some of the, some of the uh, factors that was measured, along with personal trust and trust in, the, in their government, because a lot of um, basic life needs were met, such as, you know, child care, health care, um, making, making sure that uh, there was an opportunity to contribute. Each member in society has an opportunity to contribute uh, so that um, as a result, there was... Um, very low p- 
poverty uh, in those countries. It's, it's, they're, they're not considered the richest countries, but the poverty levels are very, very low. And one uh, factor which uh, the article contributed to that was because a lot of the social needs were provided I don't know if it's provided because people pay for it through their taxes. Uh, at any rate, the benefits of the high taxes contributed towards um, the care of people's basic needs, food, shelter, and safety. So uh, that left people, and I'm, you know what I'm thinking about is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um um, those basic structures is, you know, food, safety, shelter, all those things are provided for. Yet, uh, many people in this interview indicated that, well, it left room to worry about other things. The report went into a little bit more detail how um, many of the uh, the people in those countries, uh, they were able to incorporate a more balance that was very important for them to maintain a balanced lifestyle, not necessarily um, a rich lifestyle, but a balanced lifestyle. And their focus is very much um, um, geared towards harmony and and making a peaceful um environment. So there's uh, spas and paid vacation and um, the time to build relationships with loved ones, uh, friends. And so these things are normalized in their society. How do we measure our success? here in our country. How do you measure your success in your part of the country, of, in your household, and, and you personally? And, uh, you know, do we measure our success according to productivity, according to how much we contribute in the success of the gross national product in our country? Um, and uh, do we measure our success uh, based on how much uh, stock we own or how much um, money we have in our bank accounts, how many cars we have in the garage, you know, how many uh, multimedia centers that, uh, you know, we have in our homes? What is the measurement of success? Um, and yet... The inner core of our peace, are, are we really, truly happy? And so the definition of happiness, when they talk about um, the happiness scale, is not necessarily and not being like laughing and, and jovial. It is being uh, at a point where you feel your life is valued. In in other words, it's you know is is a measurement of the satisfaction 
of the way life is going for for you, for me, right now. And so if we look at that and say, you know, life is going okay for me right now. I may I may not be rich or I may, you know, desire to uh, make a little bit more, uh, but life is, is okay. Um, and so that's what they're considering and that's what they gauged as far as uh, um, scoring on the happiness scale. And remember, so United States ranked 16th. So where can we improve? Are we meeting our goals, our expectations, our standards when we are are, are evaluating um, or making an assessment of where we're at? You know, are are we including in in our thoughts and in our our everyday actions room to improve, or have we reached a point where you know we have a perception that uh, you know I cannot improve. I'm I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm I'm too busy. I'm I have too many of this. I have too many responsibilities. I've been in the job too long. Do we have too many twos that takes us away from our quality of life. May I suggest that this is a wonderful place to start with our self-assessment, to um, become aware of our self-talk, our self-talk about ourselves, our self-talk about the environment around us. May I propose that Language contributes to our adaptation and the organization of our environment. May I repeat it again, that our language contributes to how we adapt and it also contributes to how we organize our environment for our survival. If our language consists mostly of negative information, um, then that would contribute to negative uh, adaptations um, processes uh, and negative organization of our environment. But what if I ask you to consider a thought that maybe our response to negative information is outdated? What if we're using, um, an analyzing negative information in a way that was needed maybe 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago when um, uh, the environment and our world was not as advanced in technology and um, medical advancements were not as great. And so what if we're using a adaptive uh, behavior that was learned from our 
previous generations, and we're using the same adaptive processes. And and what if? May I ask you to consider that because we are using、um, out of date adaptation processes, that that may be contributing to、um, anxiety, stress,、um, burnout,、um, because maybe these are signs and symptoms that is time. To change, it's time to look at how we're taking care of ourselves or not taking care of ourselves. Research has indicated that the、um, our med- our medical model has really focused on the negative effects of negative information, negative communication.、Um, you know, as far as、uh, focusing on the disease. Effects of negative、uh, communication, negative information, our education system, and um, also um, the the focus of many mental health professionals has been on、uh, disease management of of clients to help them overcome negative effects from negative experiences because of negative communications. And it seems, according to、uh, research, and I will put this also this information in my、uh, this resource in the description. But it it says that、uh, you know our medical field has lost the focus of creating thriving societies. I mean, you know, when you're in the medical field, you're you're dedicated to bringing and helping patients back to a wellness state. Uh, and you and you are helping them gain independence, but now I think it's time to help in the wellness state and in the very educational systems to help foster and to educate our society in a positive mindset and positive language, although. And you may have experienced this as well in your world. Many times, it's easy for us to come up with negative language, negative thoughts, as compared to positive languages or positive thoughts. And that part,、uh, the researchers feel, is、um, an adaptive. The brain kind of tunes in to what's going on wrong, because that is an adaptive response. You know, back in the days of,、um, you know, there's lots, lots of threats and you know, lots of hunting for your food. Well, not you, but back in the day, <laughs> and they had to be aware and very cognizant of dangers. And so maybe the positive、uh, side of how to develop. Our positive awareness has not been given、um, much attention to help develop a more positive mindset. So, rather than you know, as m- many、uh, training institutions and not not maybe intentionally, but instead of focusing on punishing mistakes、uh, and using negative language and using different types of pathological language to to、uh, 
a label um, individuals, maybe we as professionals and educators can dedicate ourselves to take a step farther and increase hope and optimism and honesty within our world. That's just the beginning. This is just the beginning. I think part of mindfulness is looking at ourselves. And so I, I ask you to take this time to pay attention, to bring your awareness. What kind of language are you using in your world, in your home, in your office, in yourself? I think self-awareness is a very important place to start. And so I'd like to stop right here and and bring our uh, session to a close and invite you to join me again next time as we continue to look at ways to improve the happiness world score within ourselves, within our own world. I look forward to talking to you again next time. Have a great day. Be sure and pick up a copy of Eartha's new book, Tab Mindfulness, Awareness and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. It's not just an ordinary coloring book. It features 23 illustrations to stimulate thought, relaxation, and creativity for anyone between the ages of 4 and 94. Increase your positive self-talk energy. Unlock new creative paths. Transform your time once or twice a week to create beautiful art while strengthening confidence, building positive self-talk, and sensitize self-awareness. Tab Mindfulness, awareness and coloring activities in a pandemic world. It's available now at Amazon.com.